0: What's up winners? I'm Sylvia Chaglam and over a decade or even longer I have been obsessed with everything around people, around how to develop, how to turn ideas into reality and this is all based on change and transformation, especially in this digital world. I have been learning, studying, and applying. I was one of the youngest HR consultants for an executive and was leading change projects within the biggest telecommunication merger in Europe. And I am today combining and blending Eastern and Western knowledge in order to help you to change the way the world works so we can all have more efficiency, productivity, and engagement and actually transform and change successfully. I have been doing this for ages and ages by myself from almost homeless into a successful corporate high flyer and today an excited and passionate entrepreneur supporting leaders and entrepreneurs like you within startups, SMEs, and Fortune 500 companies to create and make the difference they actually crave for. So don't expect any conventional HR and kind of those topics around this. But of course, everything what is combined from SpeedSmart and BookSmart and many, many other things here on this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am excited to go with you on this journey and win eggs today. So hello, hello and welcome uh, to WinX Today. Super excited to have Curtin here with us today. I will mm-hmm. share something about our story, how we met. Uh oh. <laughs>
1: don't don't f- don't tell all the details, Sylvia.
0: <laughs> Just in a few seconds. Um, but before we will dive in, Curtin, would you be so kind and introduce yourself uh, briefly, where you are from, and what you're doing at the moment? Before we will dive into the topic, what we want to share with the audience today.
1: Sure, name's Curtin, 34 years old, born and raised in the USA, hence the uh, the T-Rex on the shirt. <clears throat> I left when I was uh, 20, and for the last. I guess, 14 years, uh, I've been living in Asia, Africa, Europe, uh, and North America, working on different businesses, large and small. And in the last, uh, last couple of years, I've been starting my own companies. Currently, I'm living in the Netherlands with all my Dutch friends. And I started a tattoo shirt company where we embroider custom images based on your tattoos onto shirts, and then we sell them to you. I also have a number of smaller companies that I do on the sides. Most of those are just for hobbies, not to make money. But the tattoo shirts is my kind of uh, financial crutch. So that's exciting. It's right now a physical startup, but it's going to transition to a remote startup. And I've worked with uh, remote companies, uh, small and medium sized, in Asia, in Africa, uh, over the last uh, eight or nine years. So that's what I'm doing.
0: Cool. Thank you so, so much for introducing yourself, for sharing it with us. And today we want to talk about solving problems for remote and physical entrepreneurs. And to be honest, I think there is not a better person to talk about it with. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because I hope you don't mind if I'm going to share this, but we met each other in Brazil, right? Yes. I think 2018, right? Yeah, 2018. Yes. End of 2018.
1: You actually, you came on my podcast actually.
0: <laughs> yes, that's actually true. I was uh, kind of traveling around uh, Brazil a little bit, and then we were talking about female solo travelers, right? And I was that's sharing right. uh, bits and pieces and tips on how to travel when you are alone as a woman. But back then, Curtin was introducing me to his world and we kind of clicked, although I think we are more different than anything else in in all the possible ways, but still we connected with each other in such a great way. So thank you so so much for sharing your time and for being today my guest. And And uh, last
1: year, you you wore my shirt during uh, one of your speeches on the conference
0: exactly so we we then uh, dumped both of us without knowing it beforehand uh on the nomad uh, cruise and uh there was my first one i don't know about you
1: that was it... my second i've done three altogether.
0: Yeah. oh you said okay <clears throat> so uh, it was my first nomad cruise and i was supposed to give uh, us a talk there and it, i just borrowed uh, uh, curtains out of curtains outfit and by the way it helped me quite a lot to connect i believe like your way of doing things and my own way of (laughs) thinking about things does it make sense
1: (laughs) like a magic blanket yeah it's a good combination
0: exactly so i liked i just like the whole idea so let's get started and let's dive in. So, Curtin, what do you think? What would you share and like to talk about when it comes to problems? So, I would like to actually dive into the first thing. What do you think were the biggest problems at the moment for you as an entrepreneur or for businesses, especially as well, during this global pandemic? What is basically the unmapped and the unforeseen? territory, sure. what, how I like to call it, because we didn't expect, didn't know and never been part of such a thing, I believe most of us. So how would you say what are the biggest problems at the moment and what kind of problems did you have?
1: So uh, problems in general for small or mid-sized startups, I think people have trouble understanding what's a business problem and how to deal with it differently from a relationship or a personal problem. Uh, A lot of us that are between the ages of 20 and 40 were raised to, you know, try to treat people nice and try to be open-minded, and we fall into this trap of being too nice. It's like we don't want to offend somebody, so we don't bring up a certain topic. But when your business has problems, you cannot be nice. You have to be very open. You have to be very aware and transparent, like, uh uh-oh, this is a big problem, guys you need to get the team together and you need to identify the problem immediately. It doesn't matter if it hurts people's feelings or if it's gonna be uncomfortable, you need to at least acknowledge the problems. I've seen too many businesses go under with really, really smart people, with money behind them, with creative talent, but they were just too shy and too late to identify these problems. Now, specifically about coronavirus, of course, what any new event does is it it makes all the old models obsolete. We saw this with AI, right? Some of you might be working with algorithms that are trying to track your spending. And during coronavirus, the algorithms are all crazy because your spending habits change. You start ordering delivery. You don't go to your local gym, for example, you know, and all of a sudden the algorithms are confused. So anytime you have a new Kind of outlier like a virus like this, a pandemic, you cannot rely on old advice. You kind of have to trust your gut. If you're in a small company and you're the decision maker or on the board of directors, you have to say, look, I need to trust myself more than I trust last year's earnings or my mentor from 10 years ago, because this situation is going to call for different solutions. I think in the very beginning, we saw a lot of chatter about the economy is going to go down, but who's going to win, right? Is Zoom going to win? Are food delivery apps going to win? Is Amazon going to win, right? Things like buying a fancy dress for a party, nobody needs that. There's no parties to go to. You know, like you're not showing off for anybody. You're wearing sweatpants at home. So I think a lot of people understood in February and March that, there were going to be some different solutions needed for the upcoming problems.
0: Thank you so, so much for sharing. And there are two things what I would love to dive into straight away. So let's get started with the first one. You've mentioned approaching and articulating a problem directly. I personally agree with that. But on the other side, uh, the question that comes along with this is, when people are afraid, when people are challenged, they we all know that they jump into the fight, flight, or freeze mode, meaning they are under stress mm-hmm. because they don't know what is going to happen. Um, so what would you tell an entrepreneur or a director or anybody who is responsible for people, especially those who don't take the decisions with them? So meaning the board of directors, they have a different responsibility that the mm-hmm. whole staff with them. So how could you then tell them to translate or to provide and share those problems with the entire team?
1: Yeah, it's tough, right? Because a lot of people, let's say you're on a board of directors or you're a CEO and you have enough money to survive a few months. You even have a backup plan. If your current company fails, you have a a job waiting for you with somebody else. So you're not as... um, I don't know, you're not as nervous as these other people under you who need this job to survive. And it can be very frustrating to come to work and hear your boss talk about, oh, don't worry, you know, we'll be fine. We'll just wait it out. Like, no, I need answers. I need answers now. Uh, It's hard to connect because we all have a different uh, fear threshold. You know, some people are scared of dying. Some people are scared of not having a job. Some people are scared of the the business not making as much money and not being as productive in the long run. So I think you kind of have to play two roles. You have to be a person and you have to be your job. So I'm a director, but I'm also Curtin. So you can send an email that says, I'm the director. Here's what we're going to do business wise. And then you can send another email right away saying, hi, I'm Curtin. (laughs) Here's how I feel. Uh, I'm ready to listen to you. I'm ready to talk about uh, these issues. And kind of make it very obvious that I am a real person. I have feelings. And I can help everybody get through this. But at the same time, I'm a leader. And here's what needs to be done. Here's what we've decided as a management group. And if you have to divide yourself and send two different emails, then do it. Because sometimes when you try to combine them, it sounds so fake. It's like, We're very concerned about coronavirus, but we also don't know what to do. And blah, 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 blah. I don't believe that. So if you have to divide it up into two very obvious conversations, then do that. And if your employee comes to you and says, I want to talk to you as a director, say, okay. You put on your director hat. Or I want to come to you as a person. I have two children. We need this money. Am I going to have a job in July? Okay, now I'm a person, I'm Curtin. Let's talk about your family. Let's talk about this and that. Um, And the thing is, we're demanding answers, but nobody has answers. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows when we're going to open up or when things are going to be normal. Just like nobody knows what the stock market is doing in, in one year. But you have to have different plans. You have to say, we want this, but we're ready for this, and we're not ready for this. So if this happens, or out, you know, like you have to share uh, what you know with your team so that they trust you, and so they can make plans for themselves. They don't want to stay and wait six months with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing. I absolutely agree with that. So if I got you right, it's all about first of all providing the plan basically the best what you know at the moment because you have to plan your business anyway no matter if there is a great time or not a great time you have to plan you have to adjust and be as transparent and as clear as possible what has to be done and what are the responsibilities with any kind of path so they know what to contribute and what to basically do during this time and this is what will take a lot of fear out because they know what the plan or at least the estimations are, and the next right. part is what I really love. What you've just mentioned is that you are, of course, also human. So providing a safe space mm-hmm. for people as human beings on on a level that they can share that they might have to do some homeschooling, so they struggle to mm-hmm. create those times for meetings, etc. So even just to provide the feeling to people that they can be seen, heard, and understood can be already help enough for many many of us so and the next part what you've just shared at the beginning is what i love as well is about the gut feeling And now probably many people would like to start to scream, especially the tech and, you know, the geeks and all the AI people. Like data is everything. Yes, I do love data, by the way, even as an HR person. I love it. I love all the tech (laughs) stuff because it allows you to see things from a different perspective and kind of Mm -hmm. count on different things. However, I am the number one gut person because this stands above everything. It's basically the guidance that I can rely on the best. But for someone who has no idea what you are talking about when it comes to the gut feeling and how to listen to a gut feeling, would you like to share your perspective when mm. it comes to solving those problems based on your gut feeling?
1: Yeah, I, I would say, gosh, you know, data is such a nice like, solution because the gut feeling can feel so unreliable sometimes. But data is only good, good enough, if you have enough of it to find a pattern, right? So when the world changes on day one, the data on day two is nothing. It's not good enough. You know, (laughs) you don't don't know what to expect on day three. So your gut feeling, we all have something, right? Like the price should be higher, the price should be lower. We should expand. We should not expand. Uh, And you don't know where this comes from. It's just something inside, it's a calling. You then take that gut feeling and you research it. You talk to the director of that uh, department or the manager, or if you're a small company, you just do the research yourself, and you kind of get a feeling the deeper you go in if this is going to work or if this is like a fool's errand, just you're chasing a, a pipe dream or something and it's really hard to give any concrete advice that always works because Some gut feelings are terrible, but they work. Some gut feelings are great, and they don't work, and vice versa. So what you need to do is you need to communicate strongly with the team that matters what your gut feeling is. For example, uh, recently, uh, my team met in person. We are three people living in the same country but different cities. And we had a face-to-face meeting last week, And instead of sending emails or text messages to each other during the week, we just said, let's share everything face-to-face. And it felt so good to be able to say things like, I think we should do another marketing campaign, but target these kinds of people. And I could see the facial reaction of my colleagues. And I was like, oh, what's wrong? You guys don't like that idea? (laughs) They didn't say anything. If this had been an email, I would have gotten no response, right? Yeah. Or just, yeah. But because they're face-to-face, I can then identify the problem and say, hey, why don't you like that? And they're like, oh, we don't have the data to support it. I was like, yeah, it's not data. It's a gut feeling. Uh, I think we should do this, this, and this. And then they said, like, well, like, okay, we, we trust you. If you want to be the one leading it, you can do it. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me do that. And that's so important, even with these remote teams, you need to have some kind of facial conversation where you can see the reaction. Am I bored? Am I looking over here? Am I paying attention? Because there's so many human, I don't know, intricacies that are important to a business that that don't get translated over email or through a, a WhatsApp message. Uh, even a voice message you can't tell if the person's doing their laundry or cooking dinner or <laughs> focused on work so i love dedicating time to to seeing someone's face and you know saying like hey forget the data what does your gut tell you and then force them to come up with something even if you never actually put it into practice but just mm-hmm. share these ideas and and listen to what everybody's gut is telling them cuz sometimes the best thing is to quit just shut down and try again. Six months later, everybody goes and gets another freelance job for a while. Who knows? Right. Because in a time of crisis, there is no plan. You have to just figure it out. So maybe it's doubling your efforts. Maybe it's shutting down. Maybe it's redirecting. Yeah. So you got it. You got to just share and you got to see their face. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and this brings me then to the next point. So once you, you've you listened to your gut feeling and then you would like to solve any kind of problems and this can mean I had guests talking about, well, you might have to, like you just said, target a completely new market in order to get your stuff out there. Maybe you have to sell new products. I mean, we have now the best time of seeing innovation happening in any kind of areas of, of business, from my point of view, any markets, somewhat, well, at least, maybe some of them were like the winners, just by the way, how they were, like, for example, Netflix. <laughs> I think they were just working hard on, on creating the customer service yes. and kind of build up yeah. there, you know, and keep the data, et cetera, available. However, I think many, many markets had to struggle, had to uh, look and find new ways, new create new products. Um, So what would you say, how can someone approach a solving process in order to survive as a business or maybe innovate and evolve as a business in order to get ready for the new normal?
1: Well, I I think this push towards transparency is very helpful. Because maybe in the old days, a business saying you might not get your product on time or your product might be a little bit different or having some problems or we're trying something new, that was unacceptable. But now it's kind of admirable, you know, like you can be honest with your customers and say, look, we're buying some new stuff from Asia. We're going to test it in Italy. And we're going to ship it to you in America. It might take an extra couple days or a week. Because of coronavirus, we have to change a lot of things. We're going to lower the price in the beginning to see if you like it. And then if you like it, we're going to raise the price to normal price. People like that. They like being part of the change. They like being part of the system. They also like getting a lower price as like almost a, a test, you know, a test order. Um, so in the Netherlands where I am, there were already food delivery uh, companies, but once people started to stay at home, the food delivery was taking longer. So they started to say things like, Hey, talk to your neighbor. If you guys both want to order something, don't order it twice to the same location. Just share an order, like order from your neighbor's phone, and then I'll just deliver it together. Mm -hmm beautiful like why not like yeah you guys live next to each other talk to each other and they were very open about it they said if you order separately one of you might not get your food for 25 minutes you know extra and if you order together you can both eat sooner like oh brilliant like beautiful you know so i i really think that as a business don't think that all the problems are yours to solve You can be honest with your customers. You can be honest with your suppliers and say, how can you help me with this? With one of my suppliers, I needed like three of something. And they told me, we can give you one right now. I was like, okay. So I'll take one and then I'll take photos and videos of it. And I'll send that to the other two uh, customers. And I'll say, look, yours is delayed, but here's an example of one of them. And they actually really liked it. They're like, oh, yeah, that's okay. We don't, we don't need the product right away. But thank you so much for the video. That's really cool. Like, I'm digging it. I'm, I'm more into it now than I was before. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> you know, so so don't, don't pretend that every problem has to be fixed by your team, uh, especially in a global crisis. People are going to be a little bit more understanding and even excited to help you out of it.
0: This is a great point. Thank you so much for sharing. It's all about creating even the bonding while you start to solve any kind of problem. So this would be maybe the first step as far as I understood you correctly is that you start to see what kind of problem you have and then you start to communicate it and be as transparent as possible with your customers so they become part of the whole process of fixing it. And I believe that nobody will forget your business, especially when you start to involve them and integrate them into your own innovation because they feel like they are part of something bigger. And this is what I believe any kind of tribe, any kind of community, any kind of company, however you want to call it, everybody wants to be part of something, especially when we are in such crazy times like now, in a, during the pandemic. COVID nineteen is kind of shaking and disrupting many, many of us on many different levels. And um, before we will wrap up the curtain, what would you say? is one of the biggest learnings, what you have uh, taken away from all the businesses, uh, what you've been running, starting, maybe falling down in, starting again, etc. So what were your top learnings that you could share? Um, of course, you have never been part of a pandemic, <laughs> but you have been, I believe, very <laughs> honest and transparent about your own journey, yeah, mm-hmm. at least in front yeah. of me. And maybe we can share just a few points where, when someone is just feeling like, okay, you know, I'm pushed against the wall, I don't even know what to do next, it feels like I'm almost paralyzed, um, mm-hmm. feeling lost, feeling stuck and just feel like I want to put my head into the sand. I'm not sure if this is a phrase what you use. Yeah, yeah <laughs>
1: but you, that's, know, that's you know, you right. know what I
0: mean. And have you ever been in such a situation? And if so, what could someone start doing to get out of this situation?
1: Yeah, good, good question. I think... You need to be objective, as, as objective as possible. I know with small businesses, especially in Asia, a lot of the founders would hire their friends. So there would be a marketing person and a programmer and somebody doing sales, and they all went to university together, or they all lived together or something. So that's great. Everybody wants to be successful with their friends. But if you have to choose one, I would choose to be objective. And work with people that you don't know and have a healthy work-life balance. Because when you have a work problem, if you try to consider the marketing director or the sales director as your friend, your competition is not going to care about that. And they're going to do the right thing and your company is going to do the wrong thing. When you don't know what to do as a decision maker, take yourself out of it and look at it objectively. Like what needs to happen? We need to pay the staff, we need to pay the rent, we need to pay for those monthly services. Okay, how much is that? Get the total. Uh, what if we don't take salaries this month? Yeah, that's possible. Okay, how much do we need to bring in? You know, Can we sell something else just during the coronavirus to make enough money and then get back to our regular product? Be as objective, like, oh, I don't wanna sell those things. Or I don't wanna have this conversation with my uh, investor. Well, too bad you know nobody wants to die of the virus either but it's not their choice it's just reality you know and we all have to deal with it uh, one way or another so i've seen some very good companies fall apart in crisis because the founder tries to make everybody happy he tries to like continue the fun journey of having their own business and this is not the time to have fun. This is not the time to feel good. This is the time to get, you know, get shit done, basically. And it might, it might be disgusting or tiring or uncomfortable, but this is when it needs to happen. And once your company comes out of the pandemic, they will trust you twice as much. Like, oh my gosh, you're the leader who got us through. You're the person who didn't care about your personal you know, stuff and just did what needed to be done. Um, this is the reason why a lot of people around the world our age, they don't trust their parents' generation's companies because we want freedom and happiness and excitement. And our parents' generation is focused on having a stable job, you know. but And,
0: and getting those, stuff done, yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, those stable jobs are focused on, like, paying the bills and being in crisis and surviving and getting that stuff. So they're very strong, like insurance companies and, you know, marketing agencies and, you know, telecommunications and all these things. They're not big companies on accident. They have a lot of people who are very focused on doing the hard work, no matter what. So as a smaller business, you have to be competing in the same world. And now is the time to try to be very objective. And yeah, maybe we have to sell t-shirts with our company logo for a few months you know maybe we have to give certain clients uh, an extension whatever but don't think about yourself it's not about you this crisis is bigger than you think about what needs to be done and nothing is off limits nothing is off limits
0: thank you so much for sharing the first of all we're gonna focus on the turtle steps being objective, taking yourself out as a decision maker in order to then get in and be able to do the hard work and the work that is maybe not super exciting or maybe not the easiest and maybe will not make everybody happy, but it's basically there to make sure that your business will survive and then you will be able to maybe rehire those people or target new customers. However, you will make sure that you will survive or get even stronger out of this pandemic when you are brave enough to do things differently right so thank you so much uh Curtin. and before we will wrap up and uh, close this interview and i would love to talk with you actually at some point longer but i have you know <laughs> um another interview today actually um but what would you say what would you like to share with people at the end Um especially when it comes to go through hard times and i'm not talking about business because I know that you have been traveling and I don't want to Mm. share your personal or or private uh, stuff. So this is of course up to you, but I know that you have been facing a lot of challenging things as well. And how can people prepare themselves mentally and uh, emotionally and physically Mm. in order to be able to be limitless, no matter what they're going to face?
1: Yeah. Good question. I guess to wrap up, I would say, Again, be objective, like you don't need that much actually. Uh, You can lower your standards, which doesn't mean having a worse life. What it means is not expecting as much. So um, when I was 20 years old and I started to travel and work around the world without a bachelor's degree, I told myself I'm smart enough not to starve to death. No matter how bad it is, if I get fired or if I don't have a visa, I'm not going to starve to death on the street. I'm going to be smart enough to put food in my mouth somehow and I'm going to stay alive. And that gave me the freedom to take chances on big things. I think right now what happens to a lot of people is they raise their standards so high, they feel trapped. If you make a hundred thousand dollars a year and then you raise your expenses, right now you need to make a hundred thousand dollars a year or else you can't live. (laughs) So Fearing losing that job is is very scary. But if you realize that you only need maybe $20,000 to live, now losing that job is not so bad. Mm -hmm. And I think people don't want to think like this. But in times of crisis, if you force yourself to think like this, it's not as scary. It opens up more opportunities. You can think a lot clearer. Is this what I want? And I think some people are doing that. You know, Uh, Mm. I think our generation with the student loans, a lot of people moved back in with their parents at age 32 or whatever. It's not because they wanted to. It was because the situation demanded it. And they said, hey, you know, it's nice to have mom and dad around. Oh, I don't need my own place. I don't need my own car. I don't need my own couch and blah, blah, blah. And they started to spend their money wiser and, and better. Uh, getting out of debt, saving up for an apartment of their own or whatever. So take these crisis moments to really analyze yourself and try to be objective and say, I don't need to spend $85,000 a year. I need to spend seventeen, <laughs> and then try to enjoy uh, enjoy anything above that.
0: Because everything is possible. Seriously, there yeah. is, especially when you feel like you're pushed against the wall. You would be surprised how limitless the mind can become Mm -hmm. once you start to let go exactly what you've just said of what you thought is right or what you thought you need or what you want. Start to reflect, to readjust and then uh, really execute things in a different way. And Curtin, what was your, and this is my last question, this is how I finish always the interviews here, your biggest win within your entrepreneurial journey?
1: Ooh, biggest win. I would say probably, it wasn't like a big financial win, but it felt really good.
0: It doesn't have to be financial. Uh, it doesn't have to be even... Thing fi-
1: in China... I helped, I helped, it came back to me like months later and said, Hey, we got you a speaking. That's amazing. Thank you. I didn't ask for this, but they said, you're a good guy. You treat us well. And we knew a person organizing this conference. So we put your name in and it just felt so good to not have to be selling all the time. Like I don't have to be sending emails and fighting for everything. My clients started to fight for me without my knowledge. And that was an awesome feeling. Because if you really show value to other people, they will tell their friends. And it it comes back to you. So that was the first time I really felt like worthy. Instead of fake it till you make it, I really felt like I was doing something good for somebody else. And it mattered. So that was a a big win for me.
0: Beautiful moment and unforgettable memory. Thanks a lot for sharing. Thank you for
1: having me. I appreciate it. (laughs)
0: Same here. I can't wait to see you again once this <laughs> pandemic will allow us to travel again, right? <laughs> I'm sure right. this will happen sooner or later. Berlin. When will you come? Will you?
1: Maybe tomorrow. Who knows? I don't know.
0: Oh, well, I'm, I'm for sure for, well, I don't know for how long, but <laughs> we will see. We go with the flow. Currently, there is no right <laughs> or wrong. <laughs> and Kirtan, i i would love to share uh, to share all the links of course wherever people can find you <laughs> i'm sorry the connection is now a little bit uh blurry yeah i'm not sure what i'm hearing now however i want to thank you for your oh, time sure yeah. and i will share the link for your business of course in the comments below and in the show notes and where people can connect with you Um, And this
1: is, of course, Instagram, etc., right? Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Sylvia.
0: Thank you so much. Have a good
1: night, everybody. Eat your vegetables.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this was insightful, informative, or inspiring. I would love to hear your number one takeaway. Come on over to winx.today and share it in the comments below. You can also provide any kind of question around remote work solutions, business and leadership growth, as well as holistic HR topics. I look forward to providing an A to your queue. Stay tuned winner and don't forget we can win X today.